Hey guys, here we go, it's the Candy Chronicles. Welcome, and I'm your host Nate, aka Crash. You're just tuning in, don't mind me. Just a little slight out of breath, I was just, uh, went outside to get this fancy, beautiful recorder. Um, I'll tell you more about it over time. Now, it's, it's nothing super crazy. I got a great deal, but, you know, as I uh, keep using it, I'll review it for you guys that may also want one. Whether it's for podcast or just regular. But anyways, welcome to the podcast. Like I said, this is episode 180. 180. Pretty good milestone. We're 20 away from 200. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just looking on the... I just went to the site. I wanted to triple, triple check. I knew what... I Because I was confusing myself before. I was like, oh. And then... Uh, yeah, so it's 180, but it's going to be progressively being faster than that, so I'm going to have to really be with it. Uh, I'll probably be really cranking out some stuff here. So, going to get into this episode a bit. Uh, actually, I got a special guest for you. So, like, this this is the intro, so I'm not going to go too long. I just wanted to put a solo front end to this, but this... Uh, this particular episode, I have my cousin Drew. You've heard him before. His name's um, Andrew from California Pickin. You can look up his uh, YouTube, California Pickin. He has over 900 plus videos and has been doing videos since 2012. Uh, started with a lot of, as it's as the title is, he did a lot of picking videos, a lot of yard sales, a lot of uh, Goodwills. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, what do you call it? Goodwills and, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Swap meets. He did some swap meets. He's got a lot of different variety of like places, you know, as lo along with his dumpster diving and he's super knowledgeable. He knows a <clears throat> ton about anything you can imagine in terms of like things that you would just walk by and things junk or, you know, it's just old and you're not thinking much about it. He knows everything about that shit. Um, I mean, he's right up there with the pickers, you know, of the world for sure. So if that's your jive that, you know, <laughs> jive, I'm giving old words. That's hilarious. If that's your thing or whatever, yeah, check them out. That's a lot of those videos, but, um, actually I want to also say the last two years or so, he's got a variety of other videos now. He's not doing just, you know, those videos. So just be aware of that you could go to playlists, you could, you know, do whatever. He has it, some of it separated, but check him out. You're going to hear him. He will be on more as we come along. You know, we're, we're going to be doing some more podcasts. We're going to do some live stream and myself, I'm going to have some live stream coming really soon. Uh, probably this, while you're listening to this podcast, I've already put it on my Twitter and you could follow me there at can you chronicles as it's spelled K-A-N-U-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S the Can You Chronicles 
you know. So you could f- check us out on Twitter. You could follow me also on Instagram, which I, I haven't changed to Candy Chronicles. I don't know if I will, but it's at GRT and the number eight. That's great, Nate. You know, it's something I've been using for many years. Many years. I started writing Great Nate. That way, too. G-R-T-N-A, or Nate, actually. But, man, over 20 years ago. The N and the 8 thing, I started when I was, like, real young. I don't even almost want to say how long now. It's, like, a long time ago. A long time ago. And I just, you know... I was doing it to try to... um, you know, I never, I had a, I had some MC or rapper names I was trying to go with, but, you know, it didn't quite maybe stick, and it, also it's weird, it was weird trying to give yourself a name, I didn't really have, like, a nickname from friends, really, at the time, or at least I didn't use the, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not aware of it, but, uh, no, I had, um, actually my very first, I think, I tried to go with, it was called MC Mixture, Mixture. Mixture, M-I-X-C-H-A. And so I was coming that way with, like, I have a mixture of sound, you know. I got styles, you know. So it was coming from that angle. It wasn't about, like, oh, I'm a mixed guy, you know, like I'm black and white or something. No. Uh, not And it, it, I didn't get even get to put it out there that much, you know what I mean? I was kind of just trying to figure it out. But it didn't roll off right. Mixture, I like it. MC, you know, back then you're thinking MC, we used to say that, MC such and such, or whatever, but obviously people that made it big, you didn't even say MC, whatever, that was in real hip-hop terms, so you just say the name, so mixture, you know, that's mixture, I mean, it's pretty good, I guess, but you're gonna still end up with mixture and all that type of shit, so, I don't know, it just felt kind of funny to me, but... Then it became, yeah, it, were, it really went to Nasty Nate, and it was right around the time Nas I heard, so, and he was saying Nasty Nas, but I don't know if I got inspired off of that to say Nasty Nate. I know I was saying Nate and Eight before, like, early on, but the nasty part, but I probably did get, in, I, I think I probably did see that and was like, yeah, that, that would work Nasty Nate, you know. And then later, that did kind of, <laughs> my friend kind of called, actually, he still will call me that. Shout out to my boy Sky, who I really need to get on. Um, so my man Sky is like, man, I, I that's a I could spend a podcast myself talking about him, but not to go on. He's he's just a good dude, but he's very talented and shit. A lot of amazing stuff about Sky, but he saw uh, Half Baked. And he probably saw it before before we saw it around the same time or something like that. We didn't watch together. But he would keep referencing this Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate from Half-Baked. And then I was like, oh, you know. And it's the black guy that in jail and stuff. And uh, that was Nasty Nate. He was like, just what he was, Nasty Nate. So he started, like, always saying Nasty Nate, you know. So it's funny. I didn't even tell him what I just told you guys. I never went really out, like, I never, first off, the rapping I did and the emceeing and all this stuff, it was me and my friend Matt who DJ, who was trying to DJ, you know, he was the DJ, I was the MC. Uh, no, he was good. It was just, we were both right there 
real, you know, 14, 15 or whatever, just really starting to fuck with this shit. He had all the equipment, so that's why it even happened that way. I, I, I was also building my own stuff, um, but he had, like, real Technique 1200s, and that was my first exposure to, like, real equipment, you know, at least official enough for that time, and especially for kids, but he had it hooked up. It was tight. No joke. It was really, I have to say it like that, it was fucking good, man. He, we were able to bump... His dad didn't trip, you know, um, and it was just live, man. I mean, it was too bad. Like, if we would have been in a more fun neighborhood or some shit, like, that shit would have been live as fuck, let me tell you. It was nice. I mean, he had nice, nice equipment. So, anyways, not to give too much praise. I know Matt, if you would hear this, would be, you know, smiling real hard, but... There was equipment that was more dope. You were dope too, but no, nah. <laughs> nah. So yeah, we were we were just coming up together, and we started doing this. I I was already writing before we started hooking up. I just started to like a good. I probably had a good year under me, man. If I think about it, I have to really, really think because, um. Yeah, that's very possible. It could have been almost a year. Maybe it was months. But I, the first thing I remember attempting in terms of a, in a rap way, like, because before, and my earliest shit I ever wrote, I think I did kind of fuck with some poetry. And I always did, like, I was a student that, I was the rare student that enjoyed English, kind of. And, you know, if you, I had some good teachers, too, but I enjoyed a lot of those subject matters. You know, a lot of people didn't at all. Uh, but I also was blessed that I did have some pretty good teachers that, from early on in my, my development, I believe, as well as within, I think, with my mom and, you know. Um, but I don't know, something I gravitated to. But not to, you know, go on too much. I know I, I said I was going to keep it short. We're going a little long. No, that's not bad. But, um... So yeah, I started fucking with a little poetry stuff. Of course, you're going to do that. And you start getting, like I was getting a little bit, you know, liking girls and thinking that way. But I probably started messing with that. I was 12, 13, I think, maybe. Even a little earlier, maybe. But um, yeah, my first rap was inspired off of, or got me going. I don't know exactly what I wrote first. I have a good idea. But it could have been something else too, you know. There was there. Was, it, 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 I didn't write everything. I have the shit written still that I wrote, but I didn't necessarily date everything either. So I wouldn't be able to say, "Oh, this was specifically." I, I'd have to really sit there and look and think about it, and then I'd be like, "Oh yeah." Um. Anyways, but uh, Ice T, I have to give it to him. It, it was off of uh, Hustler. Um, New Jack Hustler from New Jack City. That song. That song. Um, man, it, it made me want to write some shit, man. It was like, just cause the lyrics for any rap up until that point. And I think for him too, because I did know colors first from him for sure. I know that I definitely, that was my first shit. Six in the morning was something I learned afterwards. Color was on my radar. I was already, I think we were just, man, we might've either 
been just going back east. Like, we were probably just back east or going back east, but that was, like, right then in, in that midst of 86, around that same time, 86, 87. You know, shit actually lasted, like, a year or two. <laughs> like, you could have a, a hit fucking record, a hit movie, and two years later, that shit, it was still treated, like, newer. That shit changed after some years later, but... At that particular time, like, yeah, certain shit. So, anyways, I'll get back on something like that. But, yeah, so, new when I heard that Hustler, though, New Jack City and all that, and how fucking dope, like, his lyrics, like, it was the best, one of the best written songs I heard at the time until, I mean, it's still, still right with it, but it was like, everything started hitting, like, I was hearing him, and then I started hearing Edutainment by KRS-One, it was like, wow, like there was some just amazing writing and uh, just rawness going on at that time. It was dope, man. It's dope. Dope time to get to be a kid and, and, and absorb some amazing shit, you know? And these guys were still, they were maybe kicking some major crazy stuff, like knowledge-wise, but, you know, they weren't... Well, Ice-T was a bit older, but I'm just saying overall, really, like, in terms... If you look in perspective, like, compared to what you have now in terms of age, they were young dudes, man. They were in their 20s. and I mean, matter of fact, when I met Karras the first time I met him in 94, technically he was still not even 30. And I was 17. Yeah, I was 17. Almost 18, but I was 17. You know, so he was... Now, in rap, though, at that time, he was getting a little older, in a way. He was a little bit, you know, you're pushing 30, you're in your 30s, and rap in the 90s and part of the 2000s, that shit was really like, uh uh-oh. You didn't know if you were going (laughs) to, you know, it it wasn't, it was like a, treated, it wasn't a reason why, it's just it was a thing. But I think some of that started from the 80s. And it was just a moment. I think really part of that is, I think, to be honest, I think why that happened in rap is that I think because society but and music listeners probably up until, it took probably not, up until like Tupac and the Biggies. Man, you could even include an NWA. Depends when you may have really like got attached and realized some shit with rap. Or maybe it's MC Hammer even, or Vanilla Ice, matter of fact. I mean, it needs to legit, you're like, what the fuck, they're all different, they're way different. No, what I'm saying is, in terms of popularity, being something where you could go, oh shit, this is much bigger than this fad thing we were thinking, this is actually, you know, if you, once you got that, those were certain key groups that gave people that, but probably more so by the time Tupac and and into the 90s, people then saw... Finally, they saw, like, oh, this is marketable. That You know, once it got the seal approval of, like, we can market this, we could sell Sprite, we could do all that stuff, and we could put hardcore hip-hop and everything. Once that was established, it was on. Like, this is official, you know. Um, so what I'm saying is, what does that have to do with that, Nate? No, what I'm saying is that it was treated for a good number of years, very kind of childlike and like whatever, like this is just, uh, 
disorder, you know, people were just shitting on it. I don't have to like say all those things, but, but I think because of that, it started creating those things where once a guy got older, you thought, oh, this is corny. Why are you doing that, man? You shouldn't be, it, it, you know, there was this air, air and something people weren't saying exactly that, but it was kind of like funny, like a guy that was older doing hip hop back and you're like, ah, it just got disrespected. It didn't feel like it could do anything. It felt like clown, like they were trying to make it like it was clownish, you know, and it absolutely wasn't. Um, but I'm just saying that effect, I think that's what affected like that kind of thought that, you know, once you're after 30, you can't, um, make big records or be, uh, dynamic still as a rap artist. Like for some reason with rap, it was all of a sudden treated like, Oh no, that's the, you can't go past 35 and rap. You can't do that. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. So that's been long, long, thank God, too. There's a trend in hip-hop, whether you like what's going on right now, you know, that's a good trend. Like, we're at that place now. That happened a little more recent. I think we're now probably 10 years deep or more where... Yeah, we're, we're more than 10 years deep. Cats proved it. Like, KRS was one of those cats. He became the first to be like, so what, I'm 37. I'm going to be 60 and still doing this. He said that shit back, you know, in the 90s. And matter of fact, he's going to be in that point not very far from now. And uh, guess what? He's going to be awesome. And I think he's going to, I think he'll be that guy that could push 80 and be like George Clinton and them and more. I think he's going to possibly be that guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's going to be other hip-hop MCs. You watch. You fucking watch. You're going to be... I think we're going to get shocked of, like, the guys that are going to be at a really old age, but, like, blow you away of, like, holy shit, they're like kids still. You know? I don't know. I, I really feel that. I think hip-hop is going to... Much like rock and roll has shown... Rock and roll has shown it. The ones that have been able to do it, they're still Aerosmith still got it. Uh, the Stones really, really still got it. Let me tell you, the fucking Stones. All right, I know I'm pushing. I can do whatever I want on this podcast. This is mine. Preview coming up. I'm just putting it in there. Don't worry. My guest, Drew, California pick, and you want to listen. So just putting that out real quick again. Anyways, the Stones, there's a documentary on, on Netflix. Um, what documentary isn't on Netflix, but look for the Stones one. You'll probably find the same one. It's pretty much, it's not up until right now, right now, but it's up into the 2000s, but it takes you on their whole, um, journey as a group and mainly from the live aspect and touring and, and them also getting that fame, like getting to where they started. Oh, they're making money now for real. Like it actually took pretty good amount of time. And a lot of that happens more than you would think. Uh, years ago, more so, um, but they they got to the '80s, and there was a moment there, and I, you know, that they were just in the early '80s, and it was st- they were starting to get people kind of wondering, oh, they're done, they're old men, or are they going to still have some hits? And they fucking they didn't miss a step. They went to the '80s like no problem. And matter of fact, they even disbanded and then still reformed by the end of the 80s with the Steel Wheels tour and killed it. Killed it. Really killed it. 
and it was the first that was the first group from the 60s uh older that showed that you could fucking um you know still be viable it's not that they were the only like act out there that that was from that era or even earlier that they're, they're not that but i'm just saying with that magnitude of of uh show and everything because that was like the biggest tour still probably one of their biggest tours steel wheels really big world tour um you know now they do tour but it's going to be like it's it's a lot less dates you know but they're still i mean shit i don't give a shit at their age and having uh my mom that's at their age and knowing what she kind of deals with and i'm not these guys it's different you know but <laughs> nevertheless like it's fucking incredible that they can i don't care how many shows they do that's good for them like good for them that they're gonna and do it not just well but like exceptionally well you know look up you got to look up if you haven't already look up mick jagger on instagram you got to look him up man this guy's my mom's age literally my mom's in her mid-70s she's some yeah she's 75 god bless her most recently actually and um He's, I think they're the same, like the same age, but, uh, you know, he, he's still skipping around and fucking still got that dance. And I mean, he's really worked for it. I mean, he's done his yoga and I mean, he's built up this thing, which I think quite honestly, in my opinion, um, if I could get my mom in that right situation, I bet she could build herself up to a very, pretty amazing place more than she would realize. But, and, and I think a lot of seniors can. Um, not to get too much into that. I'm not Mr. <laughs> taking care of himself too much. You know, I don't want to act like I'm so whatever, but no, for real, I think, uh, there's something to that, but he has, you know, this is something obviously he's been grooming himself for years. I mean, he's been in the role of a singer for how many years and performer. So if you're performing and that's, you've been able to, and you're continuing to work, you're doing to do everything you can, but you know, and along the way, of course, and being, you know, uh, making a lot of money and being able to have the best of the best of everything. I mean, that does make a difference, but you have to make those choices too. So, but, and it doesn't guarantee shit too, because there's people that did right things at certain times and they could be in their seventies and be broke down because you get an accident, anything can happen. So, Anyways, I just say that because it's like, we shouldn't, I think it's because we see the best, you know, whether it's Instagram or somebody's show or, you know, we see um, these highlights and, you know, replays and watching documentaries and all that stuff. We have this image of people, uh, but don't doubt, like, we're very lucky to even see that, you know. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And so, anyways, um, yeah, I'm just, just, just wanted to bring that up with, with the music. I, th I know I covered a lot of stuff here, just with uh, all that. So, with that being said, yeah, Rolling Stones, they've laid it out with any. I think you know, there, there's them and there's some other people, but they're the perfect. Uh, I think they're the perfect example of uh, really. Um, making it through things like, and especially in relationships, that's like, 
Like, that's the other aspect. People don't, if you're just passing by and it's Rolling Stones and they're just some famous group, it's like whatever. But uh, if you know any friends that have been in bands or you've been around any of that, it's a very difficult thing. And if you know a little bit about them, they have, <laughs> they have stories. So they've fought each other. They have, a, I mean, when there's a movie that ever happens and comes out on the Stones, they got to do it so they'll do it right. They should do it right, and they will, I'm sure, but it's going to be insane. Like, it needs to be a series, not a, a I don't know about a movie, but a, a think of more of a series. may not be, like, a long season, you know, multi, you know, but it could go a good five or six pretty strong, I think, at least. Yeah, they're fucking, um, they're something else. They're something else, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, because of that, I think that, you know, indirectly they've inspired uh, absolutely a lot of the entertainment industry since, you know, which is fantastic. So, so no, I think it's, um, and I think it's cool, it's, it's something to say with, I think that um, it's pretty amazing the public has been able to adjust and actually you know, definitely appreciate older artists. You know, I think it was getting crazy there. I think we're bad. I think we're coming in a good place. If you're an older artist, whatever, whatever genre, you know, as long as you got good music and as long as you're really, uh, you know, if you're live, you know, hopefully, you know, you're capable still and you should, you got to still be able to put on a good show. Otherwise, you know, but the hardcore fans are going to love you no matter what you could be in a wheelchair, roll up on stage do your verses, and trust me, man, people are going to love that. Shit, Richard Pryor, he fucking did all the way. Talk about riding all the way, he rode all the way, man. Oh, all right, getting all weepy here, talking Richard Pryor and this guy. Now. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll just say that. Hopefully, it gives you guys some, info, you know, think of, you know, some things to think about. These are things I try to think about, you know, when I... Uh, not all the time, but you know, I do think about these things and it's, it's an energy for me, you know, and th these are famous examples. There's actually like regular people in my life that, um, you know, and I may have mentioned here and there that, that, that have inspired me even more, but you guys, you guys can probably get what I mean, you know, what I'm pointing to, but without further ado, we're just going to move on. I'm going to stop it abruptly here. I will, uh, have have extra uh, content on the back end as well, but um, enjoy the podcast. This is uh, going into California picking uh, with me. So here you go. Welcome back, you guys. This is uh, Nate, a.k.a. Crash. You're listening to Can You Chronicles, and I have my uh, guest today, Drew of California Pickin', my cousin Drew, Andrew, and um, he has a uh, YouTube channel that's been up, uh, what, five years now? Six and a half. I Six think. and a half. 
six and a half years. It's on YouTube called California Pickin', and uh, he's got a bunch of different videos. A lot of it, uh, he finds stuff in alleyways and you know near garages and under underpasses and all kind. He's like a magnet for like valuable stuff that is other people's junk. And he's posted a ton of videos. You can see that if you like antiques and all that kind of stuff. It's the real deal. It's not, you know, polished uh, TV, you know, nothing against the American Picker guys. But, you know, this is a real deal guy, along with a lot of uh, fun videos in different topics. So today uh, I wanted to share a video or a, a story <laughs> about this table he just found, what, like the other day or this past week? What was it, man? Yeah, introduce yourself if you want to share anything. I just I just gave that intro, but anything else you want to add oh, to cool. it? I'm Drew, known as the California Picker. I have a channel called California Pickin' on YouTube, and my Facebook is the California Picker. And I uh, have a channel on YouTube about six and a half years. I have 900 videos by now. And uh, I have a variety channel, so I do all kinds of content. But my earlier videos focused and... Um, basically focused on art, antiques, and vintage collectibles. And then uh, I would also find stuff in the trash, alongside the road, all kinds of amazing finds that I would make along the way and do videos on them. And so we're talking about this find that I made the other day. Uh, when I say the other day, a couple months ago, I actually put it in my backyard and I put a tarp over it. Well, what it was, you guys, was this, really amazing antique like uh it's called a gate leg table and it was used you know a uh, uh, hundred or so years ago and more to like families used to have these tables that would go sit against the wall and then if they had uh, a company over or they wanted to play cards they would move this table away from the wall and the gate leg would kind of swing out and the table would open up so you could seat four people at this table what is it so called again I'm sorry, what was it called again? It's called a gate leg table. So I'm going to look at one myself while you're talking, you know, so I can get an idea. Yeah, it refers to this leg at the back. Ah, uh, I've seen these before. Swings out, and then it supports the top, and then you Yeah, can yeah, it's like you could fold it up. They have different exactly. styles of them, but yeah, you could, wow. So... I was going by my usual... And where, uh, and where did you see this thing? I, I found this in the West L.A. area, and it's... I uh, can't tell you the exact... No, 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 you don't have to give it all away. But... Yeah, it's my honey hole. But anyway, over the years, I found incredible things in this trash can. I found a Tiffany letter opener, solid sterling silver. I found Swarovski crystal. I found all kinds of pieces of artwork and frames and other vintage items at this place. So they're tossing out this table... And I say to the guy, hey, you know, that's probably pretty valuable. He goes, oh, it's trash now. Oh, and I, wow. so I, I looked at the bottom, mate, and I saw this old label. And that got my heart going because any furniture that has an old label on it, I was hoping that it might be the maker mm -hmm. of the table. And so I stuck this thing on my back. It's made out of pretty solid wood. And mm -hmm. I put it on my shoulders and I walked it back to my house like eight, ten blocks. Uh, in front of all, all these people watching me, you know, crossing right. the street. But I knew what I had, and I went and I looked at the label, and what the label had was 
the provenance, the order of ownership of the table over the years. And I could tell it was in a very old, discolored label. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to be that the label's old and the table's old. So that means the table actually could be older than I even thought. Yeah. And I looked on the label, Nate, and it had the names of the people who owned it. And then it mentioned the state of uh, West, sorry, um, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went and I looked up these people's names on Google, I found their graves. Wow. I was able to find the woman's name who was the great-grandmother. I looked at her num- uh, name and her grave under Find a Grave. And then what it did was it sent me to all her of our offspring mm-hmm. as they were named on the label. So I was able to see all these people who are buried in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. same people that own this table that I rescued from the trash. That's amazing. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder who was living out here or how to get out here. Precisely. You know, or they might have lived in both places, perhaps, or somebody lived here that they gave this to them, or that was a heirloom. Right. <clears throat> and uh, Man, so I'm just I'm, looking. I'm sorry, not to, just okay. to add on to it, I'm just looking real quick. I looked on images, and then I'm on this site that sells furniture and all kinds of stuff. Uh, looks like maybe kind of eBay in its own way. Firstdibs.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a 17th century gate leg table. I don't know if it's a replica or a real one, but it's coming from Atlanta. $4,800. So let me, let me go a little further and tell you what I determined. I believe that the grandmother, the great-grandmother, because somebody wrote this label and it said, this table was owned by my great-grandmother. It was passed down to her daughter, passed down to her son, passed down to her brother. So there's like four or five names on this label, right? Four names. And I determined that the lady who was at the top that possibly owned the table was probably born in about 1780. Wow. names her daughter on the label or somebody names the daughter on the label and the daughter was born in 1802 so let's say you know people back then they got married early they had kids early let's mm-hmm. say she was 22 years old that would make her from the 1780s that would be an approximation mm-hmm. so that means the table is probably around from when she started oh, yeah. putting, putting together a house maybe in 18 um, 10 the table comes from sure you know some somewhere around then 18 1800 1810 that makes the table 200 years old yeah these ones I'm looking at here looks like they probably are from that time because I'm seeing this one's a English 17th century oak gate leg table for almost five thousand dollars from <laughs> it's coming from the UK and it's got a, it's got the, uh, like a, a, uh, somebody scratched it into the wood probably on, uh, underneath it or on the side. I'm not sure. The date? It looks like a date. It's kind of hard. If somebody understands this though, uh. <clears throat> you could tell it's, it's significant because they put the picture there. Beautiful. Other, I mean, it, that's kind of weird. You know, it's not, it's like I said, somebody would have to know what the fuck it, it says, but. 
it's right. not it just looks kind of it, it could look like whatever but this is definitely makes it look old though you could tell now uh, let me tell you why i was really so excited yeah because anyways i didn't really i wasn't able to really look at the label all that close when i when i was there taking the table yeah but but i was thinking because on the antique road show they had this uh one lady on and she found a similar table it wasn't it wasn't quite the same, but it was very similar, and it went against the wall. And the Kino brothers, the two twin brothers, were, were, were you know, they're the most popular guys on that show. They did the, they did the uh, appraisal for her, and she said she found it at a yard sale, and it was all grungy and old and had all this black, you know, soot on it, and she couldn't really see what it was. But she offered the lady $25, and the lady agreed, and she took the table home and sort of started cleaning it up. This particular like, one? No, a similar table. Oh, okay. And so when the Kino brothers said, I don't think you know what you have, and they, she pulled out the, the – or turned the table over, and there was an old label like mine, but it had the word John Townsend on it, who was the most famous American furniture maker. And they told her on a on a bad day, it would be worth about four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars. It went to auction, and I think it just almost practically doubled that or something. Now mm. I knew that I, you know, I knew that my table didn't have John Townsend's label on it, but mm. I got excited when any, you know, when you see an old label on a piece of old furniture. It has provenance and stuff. I got excited. Yeah. You know, so you're seeing those uh, 17th and 18th century examples uh, on that you're looking at, and um, those are a little older, but mm. who knows? This thing could just be a fraction of that, and that would still be an amazing payday. So you, you know? have you have this video on your YouTube right now, right? I do. It's my latest one. Okay, so yeah, go to California, pick in, subscribe on uh, YouTube. And uh, yep. check it out. Definitely, yep. definitely check it out. And they could follow you on uh, Instagram, right? Right, uh, Instagram, and also on uh, Facebook. And you can also go to my homepage on um, on my YouTube channel, and then press the playlist, and you can select the genre that you like. Because I do all kinds of videos. Yeah, we have picking videos, vlogs, Omar James the Fan, Antique and Arts. We got. Charles Manson at Spawn Ranch, Natalie Woods Grave, uh, all kinds of celebrity stuff. Marilyn Monroe, uh, Drew's Hollywood Grave Tour. Uh, there's just so many things that I have on my channel, but one of them is this category dumpster diving. Yes. So go check that out because uh, if you're interested in that, that's the genre. That yeah, you definitely, yeah, you definitely would like that for sure. People out there that are listening that, that are into this. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty amazing the the amount of stuff you got you've covered. I mean, you got what nine hundred videos now. Yeah, just past nine hundred. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Yeah, I don't have anything close to that. But well, um, you're on your we'll we'll make that happen. Yeah, we're gonna be doing more. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we were speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, we were talking about you know we were talking amongst ourselves off the podcast about getting into, you know, these are some things we've talked about for some time, but getting some new ideas too of, um, you know, just some things that, that can get us out there more and, and make more interesting content and fun. And so 
Do you have anything you want to share with that or? Well, we, uh, you and I are, we, we love to watch YouTube, you know, we like to watch other, what other creators are doing. Yeah. And see what, uh, see what people are consuming and, and come up with our own ideas and stuff. So there's, you know, there's a lot, you know, we live in LA and there's all kinds of things to cover here. And, right. uh, <clears throat> you know, we talked about going down to Hollywood Boulevard yeah. and maybe talking to people on the street. Yeah, yeah, I did, like, uh, again, oh, shit, <clears throat> dropping a pipe here, sorry, guys, <laughs> oh, man, um, yeah, if you got, yeah, on my channel, I, obviously, anybody that checked out my YouTube, if, if anybody's checked that out, I know, I don't always promote it on here, but, uh, the Can You Chronicles channel, uh, on YouTube, you could look, and I have, like, older videos where I did that years ago. But, uh, yeah, we were talking about doing some new stuff like that. Do it now. And there's so many different ways and, and ideas, you know, that have come along, you know, from, from back then, you know, the way people do stuff. So, uh, yeah. And back then, wait, tell your viewers, I'm sure they, some of them know, but maybe some of them don't, that you were doing videos before YouTube? Oh, yeah. No, this was, um, yeah, we were doing it in oath, pretty much when we recorded, it was O three. Back in 2003 and, um, like, early 2003. And we started going, well, even, I think, before we actually recorded or right around the same time, me and my friend Kim, um, who started Can You or came up with the name, I have to give him always credit for that. And um, we went to the public access class they have so you can learn how to put a show on there because there wasn't any YouTube. It wasn't advanced enough yet. The, the video streaming wasn't there. Right. I think there was a, few, I think there was a few places before like college humor, I think is a little earlier. There's some places that you could post videos, but nobody really was thinking about putting their show online. It didn't stream as good, uh -huh. but we knew it was really close. Like we would talk about it like, man, I can't wait till, you know, we could do it that way. Cause this, 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 this other way of doing it, I mean, thankfully, I worked around post-production at the time, and um, they, they, you could use their facilities, but you would basically have to, everything was more tape at the time, nothing was on a hard disk, so I was recording on a mini-DV tape, and then you'd have to transfer, basically, to get it aired, you'd have to transfer it to a three-quarter inch tape, so, and in the midst of that, whatever, I didn't have any computer at the time yet, so I didn't have editing, um, so it would have been like more of a rough cut kind of editing job on it. But what I learned too was, um, basically if you wanted to blow up your, your public access, what you could do then, once you have that, once you edit it, you got it on that, that, that format and the whole nine, mm -hmm. you can make as many copies as you want and send it to all the public access across the country. So I was like, it really made me go, wow, that's fucking, oh, okay, you know, like, so we, we, yeah. were, we, we were going to probably get, get started and really do it, because it's still, you know, if we would have been after it then, we still would have had a good couple years or more before the YouTube would have sure. really, you know. Right. So. You know, I, was Vine, well, let me ask you, do you know if Vine was around before YouTube? Vine was around before YouTube? No, no, it's afterwards. Yeah, you'd think it probably okay. would have been because it's short form. Right. But that was a mobile thing, yeah. So, 
Yeah, Vine came. I feel like Vine was like. Let me think about this. 2011-ish, maybe or so. Oh, okay. What it, it had like a three, two, three-year run, but man, people, man, big fucking careers have come off of that. <laughs> Yeah, I was telling you um, that guy Jason Nash, who's a big YouTuber. He started on Vine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me, I just thought I'm a little more long-winded, and I'd have to do these little short little things. It was just not my particular choice of platform. Oh, I understand. I understand. I was. I just didn't. Uh, I. I don't know. I just wasn't. You know, I didn't. I didn't think like to do it because I just. You know, I saw what it what what more of what it would take, and I don't know. I just wasn't the same thing. It's not wasn't quite my thing, but I sh- I don't know. It's one of those things I feel like I should have tried a bit and just started figuring out something for it, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, about YouTube, YouTube, I like you get more. You know, like podcasting. I, I, you know, I got more room. It gives me I could breathe. It's not like you know super edit. Right. So. Right. Have you heard of TikTok? What's that? TikTok. It's a new one that's like Vine. Where oh, okay. You use short clips. Mm-hmm. And you, um, and you, I think what you do is you, I think the, the shtick with this is that you use other people's sound bites and then you lip sync your own little thing to them saying really funny things or whatever. Okay. Or a girl with a guy's voice or a guy with a girl's voice. So, you know. Gotcha. These overdubs, and this is, I think, called TikTok. Oh, okay. I'll have to learn about that. Definitely. Definitely have to learn. That, that's the thing right now, and we, you know, we've talked about it. It's like, you know, thankfully, yeah, you, you have a YouTube, you do a little of this, you have a Facebook for your, you have a food, uh, what would you say, a food blog, food group? It's really a group because yeah. anybody can be on it. That's called uh, Best Food of Los Angeles, right? Yeah, that's what it is. So, um, you know, it, and still, you know, there's all these other things, but it's so we're anybody of a, you know, we're, we're foolish if you don't try to get into some of these things or build something off of it. Cause it's like, you, you, man, it's so powerful, you know, when you really start thinking about it. It is the, the food, the food aspect. We were talking about some ideas to do film uh, around food. And there's a couple of these things called mukbang is one of them. M U K B A N G. Right. And, the other one is called ASMR, A-S-M-R. Right. And mukbang first is like to film yourself eating a whole bunch of food that you like. <laughs> and like chowing down in front of the camera, chewing and, and talking at the same time. Yeah. And the ASMR, A-S-M-R, which you actually turned me on to, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> yeah, and what this is, is there's people out there, guys, I guess in this world that are that have anxiety and can't get to sleep and can't relax. And they are soothed by people doing these little things in everyday life and letting yeah. them hear the sound of you eating yeah. or crumbling yeah. a piece of paper talk like or this. whatever it is. It's the weirdest little Yeah, you just, let, just for an example, you know, you talk like yeah. this. Hi, welcome to the Can You Entertainment Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Nate, a.k.a. Crash. Hey, Drew, how's it going? Talking in this 
So, yeah, I just did a little paper next to the mic. I don't know if they heard it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. There's that. They, they have people that literally, yeah, they're texture things. They're doing crinkling paper or they'll do uh, foam or, you know, oh, my God. And they'll and they're they're killing it. They're killing it. Yeah, and we don't know why. We we we're like, what the hell is this? This is in content, but apparently people love these videos. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's like you gotta you know you gotta go for it, and it's good to you know jump in and try something different. I mean, if you could if you could do time lapse of grass growing, people would watch that. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. It's on. It's on there. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> You know, everything's there, but... You paint, you paint and watch the... People would love to watch the paint dry. For sure. <laughs> For sure. There's there's everything. There's, you know, there. it's it's such a vast world of videos. And, uh, you know, there's a... I'm going to give you a fun example. Um, so when it comes to the reaction videos, there's this... There's this uh, YouTube channel. They're called Frankenstein's Lab. Uh-huh. And it's these two... Uh, these two black guys that are friends, they're essentially, I don't think they're related like friends, but they're out of Atlanta. Um, and they just did, they just started doing reaction videos to basically a lot of, uh, comics and, uh, like different bits, you know, like a bit from a comic. And, Uh um, let's see what else they have here. Uh, different, oh, different artist music, you know, music as well. And, you know, just a pretty, like a, they have a wide variety of stuff going on. Like they got one they're doing a, to a, watching something about universe size comparison reaction. So they're doing a lot of different stuff like that. But they got noticed by Bert Kreischer, who's a pretty big comic and has a big podcast and everything. And he also does YouTube as well. And he mentioned him on one of he does a solo cast kind of podcast too called open tabs where he goes through his past week of stuff. He literally was searching online. So he's sharing like this YouTube guy or this page or some other thing like that. So he brought them up and then he ended up getting them out here and had them on his podcast and gave them like, you know, they, it's just crazy, you know? Wow. And you know, they have a pretty good following, you know, but I'm sure that gave them a, that much more of a boost. So, Oh yeah, he um yeah. So what happened was is we were yeah we recorded pretty much that next year. We were recording like out on the streets. We were recording at home, mind you. The whole time we didn't get to edit anything. I didn't get to put anything out. So I think we were just um, I don't know. I, part of it was like I, I was with work and stuff. I, I wasn't really able to use the machines. I kind of needed help, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It was, I think I was more like trying to get, we didn't have a lot of content. We didn't, we had some, but we didn't go out enough to keep that man on the street going like we should have. We were, so we ended up recording it at home and some silly things or maybe us getting ideas. So, you know, it, it kind of, uh, we kind of fucked around there. And then what happened was like, Next thing you know, he ended up having to go up north to take care of his dad, like, really soon. So we were just in the process of getting things kind of going. We were possibly going to even, like, live together at the time. Wow. 
you know, so, which wasn't necessary either, but, uh, yeah, if he would have stayed around, we would have definitely, I mean, we would have definitely got some shit. We would have at least got some shit going for sure earlier, or at least by the time YouTube and I got my software. Cause like a couple years later, I think it was like by 06 or so, I ended up getting my software. And then and that's where I started, you know, I got on YouTube, uh, in 07. So I started, you know, putting up all this stuff because I was like, well, I can put it up now. So. You know, so I cut together this pretty much, pretty much the best stuff. I mean, there's some, there's some more things I didn't quite put up all together yet. I got another, I got another video. I got some other videos to put out there for sure out of what we have. But, you know, I, I got to where I'm like, I don't want to keep doing that. It's like, I have to, that's why I started making my new stuff. I had to make new stuff, put other stuff out there that I have, you know, because when I got on YouTube, it was really like, I don't know, like, let me put a video I have off of VHS, you know, let me put, uh, you know, it, nobody really was defined quite yet. There were some people, you had makeup channels kind of start. I remember seeing that was kind of a thing. I feel like, you know, like kind of some of the girls, at least I was seeing that, that there were, there was like some, they were starting to figure out a channel, you know, that was starting to come around. And, right, but it seems probably like, past five years it's just crazy. You, you and I talked extensively about like either niching yourself into a niche, where you just put out one type of video and that's one thing, and, and you I just hammer that. a thing. Yeah, I did that for about six hundred videos, six seven hundred videos. Then I started looking around and going, well, my particular thing was I go out, I find something to buy or or, or collect or whatever. Then the stuff, Nate, starts to build up around your place and starts to overflow. And right. you run out of room. And I just decided, look, I better come up with another type of format to where I've opened up my channel to a variety channel mm -hmm. to where I can come up with all kinds of content no matter where I go. Right. And that that made the more, more sense to me. Now, it did limit me in certain ways because when you niche yourself, you're getting all the traffic from that one thing and people know you for that one thing. Right. But I, I'm at the stage where I just want to do all kinds of content and um, just to appeal to a variety and also so I don't get burned out. I don't want to get sick and tired of what I do, you know? Yeah, no, it's for sure. Your audience has to know that uh, like there is a certain amount of burnout in this business. You'll see your favorite YouTubers one day and then they'll disappear the next. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it, I think over, over saturating yourself and, <coughs> you know, and just really getting into that thing, it could really get stale. <coughs> it really can. And, um, I never wanted to, to run out of content. Mm -hmm. And so I have all the, you and I have all these, you know, interests. And why not show the world, you know, right. our interests? Why not share these interests with a you know variety of people, variety of genres? Yeah. So that's where we've been doing today is just kind of brainstorming about different things. We could do food videos. We could do on the street videos. We could do historic locations around LA. Right. Uh, weird haunted mysteries. All sorts of conspiracy stuff. There's all kinds of things going on here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and even, you know, like I do on my podcast, I actually cover some sports. I want to, you know, I'll do some some more of that. Hey, um, I love those Rams. And also, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that, and I'm going to mention real quick, and also uh, 
video game stuff. Uh, I actually have another channel, which I'm starting to build on that, if you guys want to check it out. It's, uh... I can't even remember the damn name of it. <laughs> I can't think. Oh, it's Look Deep Arcade. That's what it is. Look Deep Arcade. Uh-huh. You can look it up. I have a few videos up there, but it, I'm going to add to it. But, uh, yeah, let's talk a little. Speaking of the sports, yeah, L.A. Rams, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, no. it's awesome. But, man, it's kind of uh, tainted with this bad call that didn't happen. So that really is a bummer in some way. But... They played, man. So I, 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 am still proud of them. I mean, it's just, uh, wow, what a game! And I think it's great that they won the game with their old white and blue uniforms because uh-huh. that's the uniform I grew up with. Gotcha. Back in the you know day. Yeah, those are old school, right? Yeah, they changed uh, yellow and blue later on. Yeah, well, they're gonna do the yellow and blue for the Super Bowl. Right, which is fine. That's right. a new color. I love that old retro white and blue. It's cool. Yeah. No, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. I mean, they just look great. I mean, they look... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I really like the co- the way the coaching and just the, the the team. And, you know, I have to say they're really doing a great job. I mean, they really, really are. By the way, like, you like when a team changes their uniforms. I tend to not like these new uniforms when people change. Oh, yeah. Some of them I don't, but some I do. Like, this year, the Steelers had these, uh, they were called Color Rush. I think some other people had them, too, but uh, they were black and gold. They weren't, like, that strange, but it actually, I think they look good, and a lot of people like them, so those ones, I think, were pretty successful. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, you know, they used to just be purple and gold, and they went, you know, Yeah, they have white. a, right, white, yellow. Right. Um, yeah, there's well the NBA they they've done a lot of different stuff especially these last two years they they have like a the Miami Miami Heat they do like a Miami Vice type style. So oh, the, yeah, and the whole court everything it's it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> cool. I don't the uniforms throw me off, but the court it's like I don't I don't hate it completely, but. What are they pastel colors like? Miami yeah, they're pa- yeah it's that pink and in, in, in that in that blue. Seafoam green. Right. Yeah, turquoise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's funny. Yeah, you got to look it up. You'll see, you know. And, uh, yeah, a lot of teams have, have, have done some crazy stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I like traditional good uniforms. I, you know, they, you don't have to do – I mean, as far as, like, functionality, like if there's improvement, hell yeah. But if there's right. good colors, there's just good colors, man. Leave You don't have to go crazy. I mean, baseball, you have that um, that new device that, that sits inside of your helmet that guards your, what, your neck or something? It's got, like, a extension. Mm-hmm. They didn't used to have that. Right. Uh, so people wouldn't get hurt with the baseball. Yeah, they wear more equipment than they used to, some of them. Some of them keep it kind of whatever, but, yeah, right. they have, the catchers, like... The catchers' uniforms, like, they became more like hockey outfits. Yeah, I don't blame them, man. Like a hockey mask. <laughs> well, those balls now, I mean, they're, you got everybody throwing 90 plus, you know. Right. It's way more. I mean, right. they, there's been guys out there for years, but now I think it's just like, man, I mean, they're, they're, it's a machine out there, these guys. Hey, did you catch the Pacquiao fight? 
Oh, the Broner. No, I, I, I got the gist of it though. I got i I'm going to look up some clips of it, but I saw a little bit. So, uh, he's an idiot. He tried to sit here and talk all this stuff after with Jim Gray and Jim Gray did a good job. He got him good. <laughs> he said, your last seven, you're three, three and one. And he just got him on that one. And he, you could only say, he, all he could say back to him, he goes, well, I'd be, you know, I was seven and oh against you. And Jim's like, well, that wouldn't really matter. <laughs> It was just a little exchange, but it was funny, man. It's like you you're such really? a you're a corn you're corny, man. And, and that was Takio? No, Broner. Broner. Oh, he was talking about like he won and all this dumb shit. It's like Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's like he just he just, you know, wants to hype himself and just be like alternative facts. You know, meanwhile it's like your face is getting punched all over the place. You know yeah. what I was really kind of impressed with is that when I saw the guy, when I saw Pacquiao hurt him, he really had uh, blood in the water where Pacquiao just went after him. Yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't, I'm not used to seeing him be such an aggressor, yeah. but... Yeah, like, yeah, well, he, he, he definitely, I mean, that's what Pacquiao would do years back, so now it's just... I think he has a good weight there. You know, he uh, had a lot more. He had more power on his punches. Uh huh. Couldn't quite knock him out, which I was hoping that that would have happened because you know there's so many times these fights, it's all decision, decision. So, but he he definitely gave. I mean, he gave it to him, and uh, I mean, it definitely makes it like okay, Floyd. You know, you, you're still fucking around out there. Do you want to just do this again? Uh-huh. You might as well. I mean, you're Mister Perfect anyway, so. He could that's still. Be, uh, you know, know. This is going to lead to the Merriweather fight, right? Well, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, people are thinking he's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't think there's any paperwork yet, but it, it's got to be something now after this aftermath of it. So we'll see what's going to come up of it. But um, you know, people are more making that that it's a thing and, and make you know. I mean, I'm sure that Pacquiao wants it probably even more than Mayweather. I would imagine. But Mayweather just recently, you know, fought just some random dude in Japan, and it's like doing MMA kind of, kind of, or whatever, I don't know. Mm. And, uh, you know, he embarrassed the guy, but it's like, dude, like, <laughs> and then, you know, it's it's just, it, it's kind of weak, because here's Pacquiao still down to fight anybody, you know. And he handled it, and you know, here we go. And and he's you know taking his losses. He don't he doesn't give a shit, you know. We know what these promoters do. They build up the fight. They build up the fights, you know, before the fight. Oh yeah. They, they taunt the they taunt the champion into like you know uh, participating, but they build up the money and and everything the hype. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, well, it I'm takes like, time. It takes time, anyway. So even if they, uh, if it would happen, it, it would be uh, maybe in the summer or fall. But uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know enough about any of that. I don't. My buddy, well, Kim, he he's pretty. He's on top of boxing. So. Oh, they've only fought one time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think this is one time. I don't know. So like, uh, Merriweather won the first time. Oh, Mayweather, yeah, Mayweather and Pacquiao's one time. Yeah, so May, and May, yeah. And so May, the, now this is a rematch. This would be a rematch, yeah. 
And of course, you know how that will go. Pacquiao will win, and then they'll get a third fight, right? Because it's fixed. <laughs> and, well, you could say, yeah, it's that, and also, hey, people want to make money if they can. Why not? So right. Because the thing is, the thing is, no matter what, no matter what, the thing is, Mayweather. I mean, he's uh, he's he hasn't been hit. He could, you know, if he 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 could fight for a long time if he really wants to, especially if he's playing it like this. Um, I think he's one of the best fighters of all time in his. uh, Hey, you know, he 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 is in in. You know, I don't care for his style per se, but. Defensively, you got to respect, and you have to like look at his whole like, you know, just how you just have to look how he deals with things, and and just like there's stuff to learn from there. But you know, at the same time, he's not always been that entertaining. Excuse my ignorance, but are they middleweights? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they. Pro- I know they hover in different categories, but I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Would Merriweather ever have gone May- up against Sugar Ray Leonard? No, he's too young. No, I'm talking about the the weight class. Oh, what do you what do you what do you thought what do you been able to? You mean in the it would existed at the same time? Oh, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I feel like they would have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm attempting to make a comparison between the two because Sugar Ray was the fastest hands Uh, ever. I really think that he yeah fast one of the fast and I think Mary uh, Mayweather is one of the fastest ever yeah puncher yeah yeah so he's up there a really good match he's up there he's up there yeah a kid i went to school with sparred with uh mayweather when they were young and he was a fast motherfucker paul spatafora sure yep yeah they he, he, like- he should have ended up fighting him man but he fucked up his career because he's a knucklehead uh so but yeah. he, uh, he, you know, he had, he he got a good he got a good he had you know he had uh, he had some fights out of there. But yeah, uh, it's just like fuck, man, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. but uh, <clears throat> what else is gonna say? Uh, you know, we talked. Uh, oh, we wanted to talk. You wanted to talk a little bit. This is a uh, 50th anniversary of a lot of uh, historical yeah. events. 2019 is the uh, 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Celebration of 69, basically, of all the different stuff that was going on. on, Walking on the man, walking on the moon, supposedly. Right. (laughs) And uh, also the Manson murders. Right. 50th anniversary. And so you're going to see a lot of these stories uh, come alive in this year. Like Quentin Tarantino shot this movie here in L.A., sort of recreating... A story that revolves around the Manson family, right? You heard about that, right? Yeah, no, it's it's out. I mean, people have been aware of it out there. It's the uh, Hollywood story or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Do you, do you remember? The story, the name? It was like some silly. I didn't like the name, but uh, I don't know if they're changing it or not. But uh, I can look it and up. Really, what happened was, um, but Brad Pitt there, you know, in in. De- who is it? DiCaprio, right? Is he in it too? Yeah, yeah, both of them are in it. So yeah, it's gonna, you know. <laughs> we all thought we all thought that DiCaprio was gonna play Manson. Uh huh. But because I think he could do a pretty good job, but I he's not playing that role. But here's what happened. I think I heard about this that they were gonna do a Charles uh, Charles Manson family movie, like mostly regarding the family. 
And I believe that there was so much outcry from people who, you know, don't want that story really being told because, you know, just let these people rest in peace. Yeah. That they changed the script into more of a 60s story. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's called. So there you go. Right. And it focuses around Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio, who play, I believe, film um, stuntmen. Mm-hmm. Who live next to Sharon Tate. Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth are the names. Ah, uh, interesting. So I believe that they changed that because uh, the Charles Manson family story is just so gruesome to show. You know, even though they did a movie, Helter Skelter, that was uh, 30 years, 35 years ago, whatever. Right. But this, I think that they changed the script and just opened it up to, you know, a story about the 60s. Yeah. And yeah, they're, uh, it, yeah, it's coming out the 26th of uh, July, so they got a date. Uh, oh, Pacino, you know what, what, Pacino's in it, man. Al Pacino's got a part. Really? What's the, what's the opening date? The 26th, July. Okay, we, were thinking, we were thinking he was going to open it on the day that she was murdered. Yeah, no. I don't know if that lines up. I can't remember. Well, let's... But uh, you and I went actually, to tell your viewers, we went out to the Spawn Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Place. Yeah, actually, actually, if you've listened for a while and you could actually look it back up, uh, you could search for it. But uh, we did a little bit of a podcast at the time when we went up there. Yeah. It was our first time going there, too. Yeah, yeah. And this was a place that Charles Manson and his family, his girls and the gang there, uh, basically were able to live on the ranch for free. And they would, uh, it was run, it was owned by this guy, old guy Spawn, George Spawn, and he needed some help. Mm -hmm. Ranch hands and stuff. It used to be like a, uh, uh, not really a ranch, but a horse. Stable, like, well, they did a they, lot of like TV and stuff, film, right? Yeah, TV and movies there, and people used to come up and rent the horses for the day okay. and go around. Anyway, that's where Charles Manson and the family were living when the murders happened. Mm. And you and I had, a, especially me, I had a special fascination with the place. I wanted to go see it, mm -hmm. and we went out, filmed out there. It was really, it was beautiful. And yet, at the same time, it was pretty creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it had, you know, I think it, obviously, when you think about really, you know, the aspect of everything with, you know, these people and stuff and, you know, dark things are going on or, you know, the, right. in, the in their mind or whatever they're doing. And then you're seeing, like, you know, wires hanging from trees and... You know, but it's a, but it's also, yeah, it's peaceful. You could see why you'd want to hang out there. Definitely. Right. Um, we went down in this ravine that where the creek runs when it's, when their water's flowing and it's literally 20 degrees uh, cooler down there. You and I went out at a 90. Yeah, we were out really. So it really was an example of with super good. It was like uh, close to a hundred out there. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Pretty close. Pretty close. And it definitely was much better when you were down in the ravine. Yeah. So that was like, <clears throat> you could see like how that's going to save you and you could be up there in, in a real hot, you know, summer, you're still going to be okay. Especially if you have, you know, some supplies, 
You don't even have to have a whole lot. You pretty much are protected. It's not like you're going to have rain to deal with out of nowhere. I mean, maybe every now and then, but, uh, you know, you're kind of close to some stuff. You got to, you know, it's not super far out, but you're far off, you know. And what we wanted to show was there's a couple landmarks down in the ravine that were featured in Life magazine. After the murders, the Life magazine went down and took some pictures of the rest of the family, the people who didn't participate in the murders, and they took a picture in this little shallow Yeah, cave. that was wild. I know, and then there's this hammock that used to be strung between these two trees, and we pointed that out where that was taken. Right. It was very historic down there. Yep, definitely. And a lot of stuff has been shot, like you said, on for TV and movies. Uh, the Lone Ranger, um, there were some old movies shot there, and all kinds of famous people had come there, and, um, and westerns. Oh, yeah, Bonanza. Yeah. So it had a lot of history. It burned down in some fire, like in the, I want to say late 70s. Mm-hmm. But now there's just like a, as you saw, there's just like a... It's kind of just like a field, and it's, you know, um, it's you wouldn't really, you, you know, it's kind of hard to look for. You know, there's not a sign saying, welcome to Spawn Ranch. No. You know, you, and it's owned by the, uh, the state uh, park system. Because we, we were up way past from where it was really, we drove way, well, we, yeah, we didn't realize yeah, how much, we, did. we, we, we didn't realize how far we, or right. how close we could have parked, I mean. <laughs> anywhere on the uh, Santa Susana Pass because you get towed. But there's right. one street called Iverson. I think it's called Iverson Way. And it's there's a church built on uh, Iverson Way. And that's the only place you can park legally and walk down to the ranch, which is just like you said, an empty lot, grass-filled, covered lot. And then you go down this trail filled with poison ivy and you get down to the, 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 the lower, you know, area, which is the creek. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, I'd say most people definitely, if you're visiting out here as a tourist and probably you're going to be younger or maybe you're just have a certain interest or whatever, but, uh, you know, you got to be in decent shape, you know, and you, you know, definitely if you have to be in a wheelchair or something, you're not gonna be able to get to it. But, uh, you know, I would say, I would say make, I would say if you're going to rent a car or, or even Uber, man, hey, I, I, it's a point of interest. Why not do it? It's something different. Sure. Sure. You know. We also went to other places. I went with my other friends, YouTubers. Uh, we went to show different locations that Charlie and the girls used to go. Uh, there's a place called the Munchbox, speaking of uh, oh, yeah. burger places. It's one of the older burger places in the valley. <laughs> And uh, Charlie used to go there and eat whatever and wait for one of his girls, Susan Atkins, to go dance at this topless bar. Yeah, and that place just closed, I think, the bar. It did, unfortunately. It what did. was it? What was that place called? Oh, the Kit Kat Club. The Kit Kat Club. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> and we ducked our head in there while we were there, and we talked to this girl who was like in... Um, she was practically in pasties. I mean, she was like in this little bikini thing. And we found out she was the owner's wife. Oh, wow. She was one of the strippers. Oh, that's and, funny. Uh, there's, there's, a kit, there's a Kit Kat club in Germany. <laughs> so oh, shout out to any listeners in Germany uh, if you know about it. 
Wow. Um, we, uh, you can go to my channel and, and look that up. I have a, a video all dedicated towards um, uh, following, oh, I said In the Footsteps of Charles Manson or something is the title, something like that. Okay, here, I guess it was recently called Candy Cat One. Ah, uh, they changed it a little bit. Uh-huh. Let's see. It but there closed. Was a huh? There was a there was a market there and the girls used to go dumpster diving for food and that's how the family used to live on um throwing away through food from this market. Mm. Charlie and the girls would go over there and dig in the trash and get their dinner. What would what kind of uh YouTube channel would Manson and them had if he had that? What do you think? <laughs> how it's spelled in YouTube if you look up Stoner Van. Um, yeah, or Let's Spawn see. Ranch Worker. That's the, he, he goes, he yeah, you got, got, yeah, guys, real quick. No, it's okay. If you put Stoner Van in search, it comes up with his last name. Yeah, you'll find him. Okay. Yep. Oh, Span Ran, yeah, Span Ra Spawn Ranch Worker. Yeah. That's the he site. He goes to the ranch and he cleans yeah. up graffiti and he takes the trash uh, away and he keeps the place clean because he has like respect for nature and he's really a cool guy i really didn't know who what to expect you know when you go out there he was even commenting on the other day he says because he gives these little tours by the way nate mm -hmm. he's able to give these little free tours of spawn ranch and you can go and, and he knows everything about spawn ranch so i just know a little bit but he knows everything oh cool he does a video at sunset ranch i i've been up there i'm gonna check oh, that yeah? out yeah that's a really interesting spot where it's at. You can't believe it. It's just out of nowhere, way up in the neighborhood right there off Beachview somewhere. Wow. And it's this old ranch, and they still have about, I think, 40 or more horses up there. And they wow. and you could go on horse tours up uh, Griffith and stuff. That would be fun to record. Go do that one day. Yeah. The long yeah, one, they said the long one, the longer one, I think it's like 70 or so dollars is more worth it. So. I told you there's some Nike um, missile silos that we could visit. Oh, yeah? Um, that were from the Second World War to protect uh, America from a, a nuclear attack. We had these missile silos. One is um, up on Mulholland Drive, uh, in old Mulholland Drive. The other one I discovered on YouTube, there's a video of these, a couple that go to these places and do some urban exploration. And there's this Fuck, there's really this amazing facility that has an underground bunker, and they went down into this bunker. I don't know if I would go down there, but it was pretty cool. Right. 
So yeah, the valley has all this history and all this. Yeah, it's a there's a lot of stuff, man. If you if you get underneath the the layer, you know that's just yeah. there. Yeah. By but, the way, I, I I do a little work uh, in the architecture business, and I was actually looking at this one building to work on, and I looked over, and I was with the owner of the building or the manager, and I, I looked, and I see this this big pole, and this big like horn on top of this pole, and I said, "What the hell is that?" He goes, "That's a warning siren from the Second World War." And this is where? This was in uh, Woodland Hills, along Ventura Boulevard. Uh -huh. There's a big pole with this big giant horn on it. They used to go, mm -hmm. you know? They and still, like, yeah, they, they have them. Uh, I don't know if they use them anymore, but there were some like that in uh, my old town back there, Pittsburgh. Wow. And they used to still use them at night. I don't know for like. Uh, no, it was like if there was certain emergencies, they were using them still. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember them still using them, even to the 90s at some point. Or, I don't know, man. They did for a while. They don't do it anymore. Thank God. Like, they're so annoying. Find, you don't even see pay phones anymore. So this thing was so rare to find that. And then I, I noticed it. It was, like, it was sticking out. I was like, what's that doing there? That's hilarious. Isn't it? So, uh... Yeah, there's. Yeah. Uh, I see what you're talking about. The Nike, the Nike missile site. There's two of them. Mm -hmm. there's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. You could hit both of them. They're really not far from each other. No, they're not. Um, and there's oh, there's a third one. Wow. Yeah, the one you're talking. Okay, this is the Mulholland one, and then there's two up here in the valley. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're they had top secret secret. Uh, you know, clearance, uh, fencing around them, and now mm -hmm. you can go wander right into them, I believe. Right. And the one up on Mulholland, Nate, has, uh, like, stairs that I think they knew people were going to go up there, so they made it like a lookout, like a... Right. And it's all, all part of a state park. Yeah. You know, but that would be cool to go up there and check that out. Right on. Do a video up there, and, uh... Well, anyway, that's about it. We just yeah, wanted to come yeah, we just wanted to get this, you know, going. Now I got this, you know, obviously this new uh, recorder, thankfully, so I can, you know, do this uh, style when we're not right in the same area. Um, and there's going to be, you know, some more I'm doing. Also some, you know, streaming and webcam. So I've been, obviously, anybody that's listening, you know this, because I've given given these things up. I try not to repeat it because I really want to just do it. I don't want to keep saying that. So thank you guys. All right. All right. We'll catch you another right, time. Yeah. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you, uh, Hope you enjoyed that uh, talk I had there with my cousin uh, Drew, Andrew, California Pick and Drew. Yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed that. So, anyways, if you want to follow him, just look up California Pickin <clears throat> without the G on YouTube. You could Google him; it'll come up. If you look at the, uh, that way, you'll find videos, everything. Um, and that's pretty much it. Otherwise, he's on his Instagram, but very little. I'm trying to get him more on that. But you'll find his links within the YouTube. So just, just go to his channel. 
and subscribe. Give some love. So anyways, um, just going to move on into the end of this whole thing. Not the end, but yeah, no, th this podcast, I'm just, you know, giving the outros or whatever. I was promising you guys nothing spectacular. I'm kind of tired, so don't mind my voice. I just wanted to, uh, get this done now. I, was, I wasn't even thinking about it for a second. Then I was like, no, I got to finish this so I could get it up and everything. Keep it on a machine type level. So, um, yeah, I had a pretty busy weekend out there working a little bit. You know, don't tell anybody. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, I'm not going to, get into everything, but, you know, pretty smooth, actually, out of all, overall, a lot of the rides, like, high percentage smooth, like, real high, you know, a couple things here and there, but, you know, nothing, nothing to really, after you think about everything that you're, like, that bad about, you have to just go, yeah, that was, that was okay, <sighs> so, just good to get off the road, <laughs> but Sundays are nice, man, it was pretty nice around, at least, I mean, I went around town pretty good. I went through to downtown. I mean, there's some traffic where there's traffic. That's normal. So no surprise there. But otherwise, pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I mean, it's it's just what it is. You get out here in the valley, it's really more mellow. But the city, you get into Hollywood and everything else beyond, it, it gets pretty crowded. You know, it's just different. But still was pretty nice out there you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, and, you know, it was calm, people were pretty, pretty good, you got some idiots, you gotta still watch out, you know what I mean, but, um, for someone like myself, I mean, now driving 20 plus years out here, it's, I've just gotten so used to it, I understand the roads really good, you know, along with the GPS, it's fantastic, you know, if I had to pick up people old school style like taxi guys, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a different thing. I mean, you, you know, I probably could, I would get good at it too, but, uh, yeah, it would, it would just be, <clears throat> that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a lot different. I mean, <coughs> I don't know, taxis here. I didn't use them too much, man. So I can't give an honest assessment, but you know, I, I don't think they're the they were the best, you know, and plus they're very expensive. You know, I think they um there's certain long distances they kind of went for maybe the LAX. I'm talking more years ago. Now, I mean, they're more competitive, plus now they they do also have their own apps, some of them. And there's people that still prefer taxis, so it's not going out of business. And I, I don't want them to. Um, you know, it's actually good for both because it, it could force Uber and keep them to get better wages. And I don't know. I think it can help in some ways. But that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, taxis here, it wasn't, I don't even, yeah, you, you used them a little bit. I mean, depending on where you lived, if you lived around Hollywood and stuff, yeah, people probably lose, used them pretty good. You know, if you lived in Los Feliz, Hollywood and all that, 
Um, yeah, they would have been useful. Still a little bit expensive, but um, definitely better than a DUI and anything else. So, but I don't. I still don't remember a whole lot of usage going on back in the day. I think really, uh, yeah, a lot of us, you know, people. We, you got a designated driver, hopefully, or people just took chances out there, you know. And, uh, yeah, for real, it was very common, for sure. <laughs> uh, not that it isn't still common or something, but I think it's, I think definitely that that's changed a lot. I, th I think the more problematic thing uh, now that's coming up is the uh, texting and the, the distracted driving. That's... I think that's kind of taken over in a way, or at least getting a lot of attention, but yeah, there's more, but I know there's still, uh, you know, there's still plenty of, um, DUIs and all that stuff too, but, uh, Uber and all that, definitely all this stuff has had a huge effect. Plus I think generally, you know, somewhat generational. I wonder, I think there is a difference, you know, I feel like definitely people younger than me, they, they got because of these apps and stuff, they, they started getting hip to that. And even so, I think they were more probably freaked out because they probably had people around them get DUIs and seen what they had to go through. And, you know, all these penalties, everything got real stiffer and stuff like that. And huge, especially here. Um, your smaller cities out in different parts of the states, you'd be surprised how little it probably is. Uh, to this day, I mean, I know it's stiffened up everywhere, but seriously, there's some places, I mean, it's, you'll have people have five, six, seven, you know, DUIs, but these are more where it's more rural to some degree, but, um, yeah, so enough about that kind of talk, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's ever, everything is, uh, that part with, 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 Lyft and Uber and even the new technology, you know, with taxi cabs that want to use that. It's just great. There's so many options. There's uh, also there's like shuttle buses around Hollywood that didn't exist. I remember thinking about that. Actually, one uh, one of these trolleys that happened, that's something I really did think of. I was like, man, they need open trolleys, you know. But of course, at the time, I was thinking more on Sunset, you know, around the Chateau because that was a big party area. Miyagi's and Dublin's when that was going on that part of sunset was nuts man and uh the traffic was serious people this was still when people cruised gas was cheap so we were you know up up until a point and then the other factor is they started cracking down on it but um it was a big cruising spot and people were you know we were loud and it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool I wouldn't say it, it was like always the great but it was if I sit and think about it, it was actually pretty crazy for a while. There were some moments. It, it, that period was the last period where it had a real sunset vibe. You know, even though it wasn't the old sunset, but with hip-hop and everything else. But it was that version of that. But obviously the real good days of sunset and the crazy days. I mean, it goes far, far back overall. But... Um, the 80s, I think, kind of win. The 60s, too, man. The 60s, you look at the 60s, um, you know, there's not a lot of, um, I mean, you could go online, you'll see the footage and stuff, but there isn't a ton of stuff. I have to maybe dig a bit more, but 
they had a serious nightlife going on. There was a good period there that was pretty, probably kind of the precursor to where we're at, but just, uh, you know, in that fashion, but kind of set the tone, you know, for sure. Uh, but the eighties, I think were really like that rock, that whole rock takeover. It was so nuts. It must've been, uh, you know, I mean, I was a little kid here. I was around, but I didn't, we didn't go there. My sister was young too, but she was older than me. We'd go to just get pizza in Hollywood and that was it. They were, I'd say they were pretty innocent. I mean, that's good. You know, <laughs> we didn't need to get involved with too, too any, anything too crazy, but I'm just surprised when I think back her, you know, I think me at 16, if I continue to end up living here and growing up here, oh, I would have definitely been going out to a lot of places. I would have been getting out. That's just my, that was my nature in the neighborhood. So definitely by the time I was going to get to that age, because I did it back in Pittsburgh anyways, but I would have really, and I, my sister, she got out, you know, she didn't, it, you know, wasn't like a hermit, but it's just interesting. She didn't go down to Gazari's and try to get around all that stuff. But I think that was like a little bit older scene for her. She was a little too young. And then she was out of here by the time she was in her, you know, out of high school. She, she boned out like quick, pretty quick. So she never got to live here and settle in where she would have like maybe went around some, you know, scenes here and there maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, no, she, um, she just wasn't into it. So anyways, um, yeah, but back in the early 2000s, in 90s, late 90s, maybe even earlier too. Actually, definitely, I'm sure they, there was a that those periods changed and morphed. But I think up until the there's a portion of sunset and everything else up until probably 2005 or maybe maybe a little later. I don't know, but somewhere around then it changed because. All the business, well, Dublin's got closed. Um, Miyagi's was going down, you know. Then that was a matter of pop, you know. People wanted something else, I think, and plus they probably weren't keeping up the place a bit, you know. They may have needed to do some revamping and shit like that. So it might have been an ownership issue too. They may have been too old, or who knows? A number of things could have been going on, but. Or they just made their run and said, fuck it, I'm out. You know, let's take our money and go. Um, the only place from the similar time, there's two places. Actually, There's a little shack. I can't ever remember the name of it right off the top of my head. That place exists, thank God. So that's still there. And that's down across the street from the Standard. And then you have the Saddle Ranch, which is also just down the street. So those two were also pretty much around in that same era as well. So... Um, other than that, it wasn't like anything else, but, but Dublin's and Miyagi's really made made it just pop, and, and like I said, cruising was a thing into a, to a certain point. Like I said, once the gas prices started spiking, yeah, that killed cruising. Plus, they were cracking down. They were uh, looking at you, your car. If you, a lot of people can, you know, they would drive with one plate for a while. That was kind of loose around, and then they start cracking down like, no, you're going to get a ticket for that. And I mean, they just started being more letter of the law. And 
So it drove it drove everybody out of there. And then, like I said, um, the businesses started popping up over on, at Vine and Hollywood. Um, Coenga, all that started getting developed or seeds of it started happening, especially Hollywood Vine. It really started there. Avalon, which took over the palace, that became a club. So that, be, that set the tone. And then things kind of built south from there. And uh, <laughs> once I could see that it was really consistently busy over there, that told me that shit's changing. You know, watch out. And that, to this day, that whole area is fucking... That's your best area of Hollywood in terms of nightlife, I think, quite honestly. As far as for tourists or... Um, you know, even locals for spur of the moment, but you want to have a lot of choices because you could, once you're in any of that area parked, you could walk uh, a pretty good amount around there, but you're going to hit a lot of places. You can go one drink, one drink, and yeah, you're going to have a good-ass time, let alone if you want to just keep it to a couple places. But um, food, everything, very good. Like, it's, you know, it's... It's substantially better than when I was coming up, you know, when, when it when it was all, yeah, I don't even know what the hell was around there. Well, although, I'm sorry, the Velvet Margarita is a place that was there from way back, and that's still there. But a lot of the rest of those spots were empty, I think, or they were something else that wasn't nightlife, you know. But, yeah, it, Hollywood was lacking for tourists for, you know, certain things for a lot of years. It was very barren, very scary. Actually, in the 80s, for sure, and up until, you know, I do remember glimpses of what it was, you know, but we were in a specific area, but it was a shady spot. It was, it still kind of can be funky, but over on Cherokee and um, around that side. And, uh, but it did, it, it did feel real seedy at the time. I mean, I was a kid, and I was fine. I was safe enough with my, you know. But it was, it was sketchy for all of us to be down there at all, actually. A lot of junkies. I mean, you didn't see that, but knowing what, it, what was going on, that, it was fucking pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad, actually. So now, I mean, you still have that. You still have some really funky stuff in Hollywood. Don't get it twisted, but... It has definitely been improving quite a bit. You know, the, the, the residents, it's a lot more, um, obviously, becoming more affluent in a sense because it's so expensive. And But there's a lot of people that are fulfilling, you know, and they've been there. And then you have also people that have been there for a long time and they're invested. And they may be doing pretty well or, you know, or maybe not, but they're okay because... They're locked in maybe with good rent or maybe, um, you know, mortgage because they bought it way back, you know. Um, so, you, you know, there's definitely that mix. But no matter what, you still have a transient and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a sketchy thing about Hollywood. It's always going to be like that. I don't think you can get away, especially because it's so bad, so much going on, especially now. But, um... But I'd say for tourism, it's the best ever, I think. If I'm a tourist now, like, to come there, that's that's good because there's a lot more things to go see and good shops and good, like I said, there's some pretty good spots to eat and drink. Some might be cheesy or whatever, but 
it's at least it's there. There's some, you know, there's some more shit. It was, like I said, it was just pathetic. <laughs> it was. It was pretty bad for a minute. And uh, then the other good part is beyond there is, like, you could, man, if you, if you want to get around, go to the Grove, and there's some fantastic places just close within. You'd be surprised. Los Feliz. I mean, I don't, I, I think a lot of people, tourist-wise, they really probably don't hit that many places in L.A. They probably hit three places. A lot of them go to the beach, for sure, Santa Monica. Um, which I think is great. I definitely would say, yeah, go there. Go to Venice too, though. Go to Venice. You need to see the freak show. That's, you know, and this, this type of talk again, I know I do this. Maybe I'll repeat myself. I'm definitely repeating myself. All podcasts pretty much do. Um, but Venice is the, the Hollywood Boulevard by the Grammans or Chinese theater, whatever you want to call it now. That's, Venice and Venice is Hollywood, but like they're very much the, the same thing, but Venice is really cool and it's nice down there, man, because they've fixed it up since years back too. So it's, you know, again, it's the same thing. It's, it's cool. They've upgraded, but you know, watch out. There's still some fucking, um, there's going to be some people down there like junkies and sometimes there's some shit that goes down, but there's a lot of police around. It's just that it goes way back, you know? that kind of rough, it's been a rough beach, you know, that's the one beach that's got street cred out of all the beaches, I would say, Santa Monica, not so much, you go, you say Santa Monica, nobody's thinking tough, I mean, there, that, that there, there's probably some kids that have grown up there that, you know, might have been rough and all that, so it's not to say there isn't, but it just didn't come off that way, Palisades, same thing, Pacific Palisades, you know, Malibu, right? But, yeah, Venice was the, the, the gutter. You know, that was always the gutter part for some reason. And then after the marina, and then, and then everything's the same thing. It's there's I'd say the next place that might be a rough or maybe tough reputation, you should say, for locals, I'd say Hermosa. You know, there was a time, I don't know about now, but there I think they had a time that they they were more probably for those beaches look, you know, they might've been a little tough there. That's my guess. Just cause I've seen some of the cats there at one point. Now, I don't know. I don't know if that's really the case. You know, there's a lot of people, like I said, move around. It's not like necessarily neighborhoods stay exactly the same. It's too much, too much. You might have sprinkles of that, but it's, you know, a lot of money, a lot of, you know, people at some point were like, fuck, let's sell the place, we can make how much, we're out of here, so, so yeah, that's the thing, oh, talking about beaches and all that, yeah, so that's, that's, that's all I could say, yeah, definitely for tourists, you, you know, you're not, if you only have so many days, you can't do everything, but Hollywood, of course, do Hollywood, Santa Monica, um, and Venice, honestly, that side of town, if you could spend a night over, or two nights, Preferably, um, I think that's really the thing to do. Spend some time at the beach, or longer, too, actually. It just depends on your trip. But And then otherwise, um, maybe around Hollywood, I would say. I don't know. It just depends what you want in location. But if you want to be more family-friendly and, and calm, Universal Studios, anywhere around there, 
whether it's the Sheridan or there's some local smaller uh, inns and places, they're probably okay. You just got to look close and see what the prices are going to be. But you're going to save and you're still going to be relatively close to Hollywood over the hill. And you'll get a, you know, a little feel for the valley. You'll get to see that. But, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to add anything else too much. Those are the two main places that people really go when they come here. Um, downtown LA, definitely go to the old downtown, go to all of street, go to East, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Chinatown and stuff like that. Take the train. You know, if you take if you take the train from uh, Universal, if you take the train down there. I would definitely do. I think that would be. I think that's an important thing for tourists to do. Learn, get on our train system. You know, because um, whether they they're gonna think it's really good or not, you know, they get the. You know, they could say they did it. You know, I think. I think locals too. I mean, I, it, it has become a thing. It's definitely getting more uh, accepted and more used. I mean, it's been used, but I'm just saying in terms of like people that wouldn't have done it before, they're now becoming more like, okay, they use it for different means. They may not use it as much as other people, but they'll now go downtown for a game or do things like that where they'll use the train, you know. But um, the whole system is vastly vastly improved you could get around a lot of la if you want to use trains and you like that type of thing by all means get on the metro check it out and uh do your thing with that while you're in fucking la seriously you know if i was a young dude or whoever you know and i didn't have much money but i wanted to be around here and go to la and see it yeah i would right now with how it is fuck yeah especially the fact that you could go from downtown to santa monica I mean, damn, it's pretty dope. And I still haven't done that yet. I got to do it. I really have to do it. I, I want to hit the whole train system, period. I've hit some of it, but I want to go all the way down to Long Beach or whatever it is. Uh, I think it, there's one that goes by Redondo or pretty close. You're not at the beach, but you're pretty damn close. And you can take an Uber now. And that's the other thing with this shit. Between the trains and Uber, if you learn a little bit of the bus and train and use Uber, you'll you'll you could not only get around pretty good, but or really good, but you're gonna save a pretty good amount of money. Absolutely. Instead of just relying completely on Uber out here. So yeah, I definitely recommend it, man. I think it's fantastic. Uh People would be surprised, I think, if they actually really use it. So that's my promote promotion to the train system in L.A. Uh, you guys can send my check in the mail. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a train. It's not fucking fancy, fancy, but it's, it's good. It's pretty clean. There's some new trains. Um, especially going to Santa Monica, those are pretty, those are pretty new. So that's a real different line. Plus it's above ground and the whole thing. So that, which, which makes sense. I think more, that's what it should be in, in this town anyways. So, you know, the underground, that's all good, but, uh, I don't know. I just think visually it's like, 
you're in a place that doesn't have much weather, why not be above ground as much as possible? But tunnel's fine. Some people get freaked. I think that freaks a lot of people here because of the earthquake po possibilities. But the fact is, they'd be a lot they'd be a lot safer than they'd even realize. Actually, you know. Um, but it's a, it's an understandable fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. That's my that's my tour. Oh man, I know it's not all sleepified, but yeah, that's my tourist uh, information for LA and Hollywood and all that. I hope that does help some of you guys, man. I hope that, um, you know, I have some people coming in actually soon. My cousin hit me up about it. I get hit up every now and then. Me and Renee, whenever there's people coming in town, so they can get kind of guys. So more and more, I'm just like, maybe I need to be a tour guide, you know, or maybe I need to. Yeah, tourism business in general. It's like, maybe I should be involved with more of that. Seriously. It's huge. I mean, here, that's what Uber and stuff has taught me, and even the food. You get out there, and you start just really going, wow, man, you know, tourism's a big thing here in this city. Um, you know, obviously, there's still tons of other types of jobs and all those type of things, but I do... Generally speaking, I do have a good time, and I like people. You know, and especially if they're on vacation and stuff, that's that's pretty cool. But it still doesn't matter. It's really if they they have to be in the right frame of mind, or they you know I've noticed even if people are on vacation, that doesn't mean they're like the best talkers. You know, I'm a conversational person, as you could obviously tell if I'm talking. Still, it's it's ridiculous, right? Um. So, but I've noticed, yeah, it doesn't really, that doesn't matter so much, but there's the people that you do run into that are, you know, conversational and they're traveling and the whole thing. It's it, that, that I always, I always like that. It's a, it doesn't happen often. Um, but when you get to get that, you know, cool person and you guys hit it off cool, it, it makes a difference, you know? Especially, you know, with Uber and stuff. Yeah, I had good people today. I had some good people today. But, um, yeah, it, it, it is cool. And then also it's kind of a bummer because it's like, ah, I'm not going to see that person again. <laughs> I mean, really, especially here. Maybe in smaller cities you're going to, you know, but here mostly, I mean, I really haven't. There only There's only one dude that I had a couple times in terms of uh, driving and I was, I kind of figured it out because I knew his schedule and I, I also was going to work at the same time. So I think I picked him up like three times or so. And I know he was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I'm getting the caddy treatment. Yep. Sure did. Uh, uh, that's gross. I know. You should stop listening. That was disgusting. I'm ashamed. I should be ashamed. Yeah, it's just a burp. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't even that. Yeah, that was... Those were clean burps. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So, yeah, next week is the fucking big Super Bowl, baby. The Rams versus the Patriots, man. In Atlanta. My honey's going to be down there. She ain't going to be at the game or... You know, she'll be relatively close, but she's not going to be, you know, involved at the game or anything like that. But I'm sure she'll be watching. 
But uh, yeah, it's going to be a man. This is interesting. You know, I don't even think LA's quite just ready yet. You know, but I'm really hoping. It, it man. I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for LA, man, for real. I want us I want us to play that way. I hope they really do. And I think they really will. Uh I think this is a potential amazing matchup because coaching-wise, I'm going from coaches. I'm not even thinking about players. Coaching-wise, I think this is the potential of a very interesting thing that can happen here. You got a young younger coach, very smart and thorough. And you have the a young quarterback who's, you know, looking very sharp and everything, being molded, you know. And on the other side you got the you got the fucking elite standard, you know, you have the uh you know, the fucking, you know, uh Yeah, you just have you have, you know, like the Star Wars over there, you know, you have the fucking Darth Vader or whoever you want to pick as this or that and Brady's, you know, like Luke Skywalker, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. So, got a whole week. We're going to have a lot of people talking. I'm going to be getting those interviews. I'm sure there'll be some, hopefully some interesting talk or fun talk or whatever. I hope it's not boring. You know, I hope some clips start getting out there. I'm sure there will. But, um, unbelievable, man. Ten, this is the tenth Super Bowl. I think overall, though, for the Patriots. Yeah, it's not for Brady. I was getting that confused. This is his, uh, let's see, he's won five, right? He's lost three, so eight, so this is, well, he's right up there. This is his ninth or so. Maybe it is ten. I, guys, I'm, I'm confused. It's. It's too much to think that that's the case, you know. Um, man, ten fucking super. Anyways, the Rams could. Uh, I think if they, I think if it's if it is that what we're talking about, then the Rams could have potentially, if they win, they can make Brady fifty percent of Super Bowl wins, <laughs> which. For as many times as he's win, it's like, um, that's almost a win on its own because the numbers of time, you know, it's just, once you hit certain numbers of Super Bowls, let alone wins, and or any championship for that matter, it's like, you could say whatever about somebody losing it, but it's like, dude, it's pretty amazing, especially if you don't like it smashed or something. I don't know, I think there's something to that. And then you have people that are in the Michael Jordan way which you have these few guys like a Michael Jordan that have had no losses or maybe very little you know but the ones that go after the perfect type uh, you know stat which I think is less and less because that's gotten further away but for a while that was kind of a thing obviously because of Jordan but now we've seen some stars that you know are still fucking really amazing, but, you know, they've suffered, you know, losses in games, you know, or championships or whatever you want to say. So it's not, I don't know, I think the standards have changed or been more accepted or been more like, 
hey, you know, it's hard out there. So, which I appreciate. I don't think, I don't think that uh, we should crucify people that don't win every fucking game, you know, or whatever. It's, we should still appreciate them because they're still obviously very good. You know, like LeBron, it's like, no matter what, it's like the guy is pretty fucking amazing, but people want to hate, so. It is what it is. What do we got here? Just rambling on, huh? Yeah, 30. Oh, okay, we're good. Yeah, so pretty much going to finish up, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts about everything with uh, some sports and the Rams and all that stuff. So yeah, just coming up, I'll be talking more, of course. You guys, appreciate you guys listening, all the new listeners. Always big up first because you're new. Thank you very much. Old listeners, thank you too, of course, man. Shit. It's uh, totally appreciative. I'm glad you guys are still interested in hearing me a million fucking times. <laughs> but I'm giving you some new variety now, of course, bringing new voices on here. And it's going to continue. So keep up. All right. Peace.